Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Get Up and Dad podcast, the show where we interview hardworking parents doing incredible things. That could be anything from a super duper tech social media dad to a busy business mommy blogger. Let's get up and Today on the show we have the amazing Paul Murray. Who is Paul Murray? He is Primal Strength and Movement, based in Lisburn, a private training facility. He is well known for calling people out on Facebook on all things fitness, you know, and telling them how it should be done. He has a personal interest in helping guys in their 40s through lifting weights, moving better, and helping them believe in themselves. So Paul, thanks for uh, having us on the show today. Your dad yourself, can we start off by telling us uh, how many kids you've got and how old are they? I've got two daughters, five, five years old, and Avery, and she's two. Can you, how do you explain to your kids what you do and how you got to where you are today? I think they're too young. They're only five and two, so they don't really associate that in the sense. It's more, Daddy, can we go to your gym? And it's, I just bring them up to the gym, and they know where, they know where the thing. For Sive, Sive's in the gymnastics. She's into all the stuff that I, I I try to get into as much sport as possible, exposure to many sports as possible. But um And that's a five year old? A five year old, yeah. But she just sees she just sees my place as like a jungle gyms type of place. And we just go up and cartwheels, handstands, jump Brilliant. off things, swing on ropes, swing in the rings. And Evelyn, even though she's only two, she just runs about like a headless chicken. It's just they know what to do. They, they've, I've been doing it since they've been born. They just know daddy owns gyms. Sive's actually been to every one of my gyms that I've owned. And in some sort of in some sort of form, you know, from eight month old right up to his and I. So they know what to do. And the, as you as we were talking earlier on, it's just I just try to expose them to it to try to be the example I want them to be and you know, let them enjoy fitness and see it as a fun way. And the association's important for me. So if we're in the gym, we're having fun. There's no workouts, it's just Bit of crack. Brilliant. So, why why did you call why it's called Primal? What where did that come from? It actually started from the Iron Fit days when we were just Iron Fit. It was strength and movement, so it was. And we were very movement based, and I'm even though I'm on social media a lot just because of the curse of my job, I actually don't like it, and I like. The nature. I like nature, I like open airs, forests, beaches. I like the primal way of living, I like the simplistic way of life. I've had this this shift in my mindset about the way the way society is today, we're always it's more and more and more. Who's made the most money? Who's got the nicest house? Who's got the richest best car? And we're always comparing ourselves to someone else. And the reality is there's always gonna be someone better, which means we're never gonna be satisfied with our lives. So I've made a shift to try to Minimise everything, like it's like like I tell them in videos. I live in a van. I've had to actually rent the house because I've got the kids now, and it's actually upsetting me. But because I like my wee locking myself in my door, my door and just that's it. There's no one else to disturb me. I like the simplistic way of things. Washing dishes in a in a sink. I like mm-hmm. having no dishwasher. I like having no washing machine. Pack my clothes in a bag and just bring them home once a week. And doing things very primal. So everything in everything in my, in my life is sort of. Go on that primitive primal way, Brilliant. and I think that's the, I think that's the key to happiness. To be honest, yeah, minimalizing everything, not accepting that we're trying to we're trying to remember the Seneca quote that's gone out of my head, but to learn to crave, basically, shall we say in the translation, crave the things you already own. 
learn to love the things you already own rather than want to have things you don't because you're always going to be just chasing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Mobile phones are the perfect example. The iPhone 7, oh, iPhone 7, oh shit, there's the iPhone 8 out. I need the iPhone 8, oh, there's the iPhone 9. We're never happy with it. So it's mm-hmm. learning to appreciate and love what you got and then that, that's going to release the stress and it frees you of the worry about society and what society expects you to have and actually learning to live your own life as opposed to living what you think you have to live because society's told you that. That's the way it is. That makes sense. Brilliant. So that's what is. Awesome. Uh, so what's your favourite get up and dad thing to do with the kids? What do you like, you know, just say it, right, stop it, let's go. It's, there is no favourite thing for me. It's just, it's the moment that's a, like if you plan things, you ever notice your, your kids are exactly the same as mine? Do you ever notice when you plan things, it turns out to be the worst the best example is do you remember when you were a teenager or not teenager mm-hmm. like 20s do you go to shine I think I used to do or do or, I used to do on shine so I did years mm-hmm. ago but you'd like kind of a super shine raised up and you'd be like right I'm taking that weekend off and you'd be waiting and it was such a letdown such a letdown and um then there would be days you'd be sitting about and you'd make, oh, do you want to go out for a drink? Yes. And they were the it's best nights. Random, yeah. They yeah. were the best, because yeah. there was no plan and there was no expectations. And I think that's the, that's sort of the way I do with the kids. It's like, come on, we'll do something stupid. Yeah. Come on, we'll break it on my back. We'll run about the house and like horses and we'll do, we'll play hide and seek in one room and you know every hiding place in the world, but the kids love it still and you still do it. And it's, it's like, you look at their faces and you, it's for me, it's living in the moment with them. Mm. You know, it's not not anticipating anything and forgetting about when I play with my kids, I forget about the fact that oh, I've lost three clients. Oh God, I've got to pay that bill. Oh, geez. Exactly. It's yeah. not that. It's, it, it, kids are the best teachers we adults can have, I think. And if you just let them lead and just follow it and just let it go, just let it, it naturally evolve in their whatever they want it to be, I think you find you. I get pleasure. What I get pleasure out of is watching them create things I'm very creative I wrote a book I'm an artist I'm, I'm always thinking of creative ideas and I love to see my children just making up crazy rules for games when we're playing and I'm going what does this mean and she's like no daddy do this okay we'll do that and before you know it two hours have gone by you stay, I've stayed in the room we've got a tent out we've got blankets out and I've got pegs on and when I got a tent and when I avoiding the lion that's in the corner that's going to eat us and that's for me that's what the yeah. get up and dad thing is it's just letting the kids be kids let them explore their imagination and they're the things that you're always, they're always going to remember I don't yeah. know what you're like but this is a story I always tell when I was eight and it's, it's, it's the reason why I'm so into my physics and so into astrology and my granda he was one of my heroes my granda and my dad two of them were like they're the, the biggest influence in your life but my granda was one of those ultimate grandas he would make you anything you wanted he had a workshop and he'd, he'd carve you a sword or make you a gun as a kid or I remember as a five year old for like three years he promised me he was going to make me a spaceship yeah. and I was like granda have you got the spaceship I'm like I was talking to a man he's going to get me this stuff and I genuinely believed for three years my granda was going to make me a spaceship but he, he got a rock one day and he cut it open. It was Mullock Moor. And I remember it was, we were walking along the sand dunes. And he got this rock and he cracked it open. And he said, Paul, it's the first time light has shone on that in maybe eight billion years. And this just blew me away. Like, yeah. is that older than you, Granda? And he laughed. He's like, it's a lot older than me. And he's like, and I was thinking, my granda's 67 or 70 or something. I was like, oh, that's old. And I couldn't, but that one, that one small thing, he doesn't, he had never remembered. But that started me. A fascination for me about the stars, about astrology, about physics, about wanting to understand the laws of things and all this, that, that one incident. And I think the small things you do with your kids are, can have the greatest impact in your life. 
So it's it's there are the things I'm talking about that I like to do with the kids and just just random stupid things. Brilliant, brilliant. So is there anything you're really highly interested in at the minute? Anything that's going on? <sighs> this bloody book I'm doing. I wrote okay. A, I wrote a children's I wrote a children's book three years ago, okay. 2016. And it's it's a story. So the idea of it is a Christmas book and my kids and myself are the main stars in it. Right. And I wrote it just as a legacy thing, you know. I want. Uh-huh. I, I like the. I like the thought of. There's a saying that you die. You, you die three times. The first time is when you die. The second time is when you're putting their bodies cremated, put in the ground, and the third time is when your name's spoken for the last time. Uh-huh. So, as a legacy, almost, I wanted to know when I'm away and I'm dead and. There's something there for my kids. They'll read that book to their kids, and their their kids will read, and there'll be like a connection with me for the rest of my life. You know? And so I'm investing a fair amount of money. It's cost me over a grand for the art of the illustration so far. And but it's 24 chapters, one one chapter a night for Advent. So leading up to Christmas Eve is the last night. And oh, okay. So it's like, brilliant. You know, so the and it's I've re- I'm very descriptive. I, I love reading. And David Gamble's one of my favourite authors. If you haven't read him, you need to read it. His stuff's brilliant. But um, he's very descriptive in his writing, so I'm very descriptive. And I wanted to read. I wanted to write it in a way that the parents can read to their kids and enjoy the book. Because there's nothing worse when you're reading to your child the same book over again, <laughs> and you're like, "Take me now, please. My soul is gone." Because yeah, I mean, I think the the whole lead up until Christmas as well, especially if you just have a chapter. It, one chapter, right? Some chapters are short, really well. some a bit longer. But the whole idea is like, save and Evelyn, especially save this one, because Evelyn wasn't even born when I wrote this book. Mm-hmm. But I knew she was coming, and I knew her name already, so I included her in the book in some way. But it's mainly Seven and in this one. But um, I like to think it, you know, when she's 10, 12, 15, 18, she'll still read that book. Yeah. And she'll have that emotional connection to it, and she'll just smile, and she'll, I think it'll understand, she'll understand when she's older how much they mean to me that, you know, you sit there and, but they're, they're inspiration to me, they're, they're massive inspiration for me, everything I sort of do, it's always like to try to think of how to help them or how to involve them in something. So, yeah, it's just the, the book's the book's the big thing at the moment for me. Awesome. And what stage is that at right now? Is it a. The book's finished, the book's been finished for three years. Uh-huh. The illustrations are being done. You've been for this, right? And now I'm just getting deep into this publishing idea, and it's Brilliant. like. It's a minefield. Yeah. Jeez. But then, I think a lot of authors write a book about money. It's not about the money for me, it isn't. If I make a few quid from yeah. it, happy days. I'll actually, I'll put it in. I'm actually in the middle of writing a second book. Because I've just bought, I've just rented a house for to bring the kids to. And I came up with an idea again. It was like, we've got a trampoline out the the access house. I bought them a trampoline, so I'm going to buy a trampoline for our house. And I thought this idea, they come into this new house and the browsing trampoline disappear. The trampoline sucks them into a new wee world and they meet friends. Okay. Evelyn's got this blanket she carries everywhere and that blanket's going to, when she throws it over things, it's going to turn her toys to life or it's going to turn the things to thing, turns to different things. So we've got this this whole magical world that they're going to go and adventures on. So I just like to write. It's, it's a good way to... Like zone out and get rid of the stress and just yeah, let me brilliant. let my creative mind go because I think it's important to keep your mind young and just and you know something see people laugh at it I don't care I know because right. it's my creative mind and it's, it's it's this is me and this is this is this is my ideas on paper and the the people who laugh at me and and there are I laugh at them because I go you haven't got the balls you're laughing at me because I haven't got because I've got the balls to that you don't want it that you'd love to do but you haven't got the balls to do it yourself so it's easier to try to put me down than yeah. it is to actually step exactly. up and do it yourself okay. so <laughs> yeah see uh, so see the super dad project that really interests me can okay. you explain to everybody what Sorry, it is 
What? Why not? Because you live too far away in Lisburn, mate. That's just... <laughs> See people like you. <laughs> There's the excuse to start. <laughs> so explain to me Super Dad Strength Project. It's, um, I love superheroes. Okay. The gym is full of photographs of superheroes. And every child in the world, their dad is a superhero. <laughs> And we, we do everything to try to impress our, child, our dad. You know, we want... When you get your dad's approval, as a, ma, as a boy, anyway, but when you got your dad's approval as a boy, you were like, yes. You know, it made you feel, and your dad was like, that's brilliant. If your, if your dad was watching play football, or your dad was the dad who was playing football on the street with you, you stood taller, you stood prouder, because your dad is your superhero. He's the strongest man in the world. He'll do anything for you. He could make you anything. He could do anything for you, anything you wanted. He was there if, if you were in trouble. He protect you, and so we are our children's superheroes. And like what I've seen about today, the image that we our children have of their dad, and the image we have as dads are two different things. We're soft, we're weak, we don't believe in ourselves. We've succumbed to this idea that comparing ourselves to others just social media has pushed it. It's always we're, as a as a, as a as a species, we naturally compare ourselves to others and like, am I worthy? You know, celebrities were the start of it all. And now, on social media, everyone has got the chance to be a celebrity. It all takes the right thing. And you're suddenly, like James Smith, that PT James Smith, just went from nothing to like that in a, in a millisecond. And that's the power of social media. But it's also a negative way because we're suddenly comparing ourselves. It's easy to compare ourselves to everyone and the fake life that everyone wants to portray on social media. And we're gullible enough and we're weak enough to start comparing ourselves to that. And men are no different. So I think we've become overweight. We sit too much. We don't move too much. We don't challenge ourselves enough. We, we sit in that comfort zone too often, too long. And we tell ourselves stories. I'm a believer in stop thinking, just do. Because the more you think, the more reasons you're going to find as to why you're not good enough, as to why you can't do it, instead of just take action. You said you like hiking, don't you? I would, I would do walking, like walking. Do you ever go hiking in the mountains more during that? No. Uh, not really. I'm more of a skateboarder surfer. Okay, right. I, I love, I love the escape of the mountain. The reason being, nature doesn't give a fuck who you are, mm. doesn't care about the weather, doesn't care that your legs sore. It's just unforgiving. Mm. You either win or it doesn't win. And when you're halfway up a mountain, you've got a choice. You can keep going forward, you can stop and die, or you can go back. But either way, you've got to make that choice. You or nature's going to choose it for you. You're going to die if you don't. If you don't move, one way or the other, a week you're dead. You know, it doesn't matter how good the weather, how bad the weather. You're going to die eventually if you don't move somewhere. So it pushes you in that state of mind where you've no other option but to go backward or forward. Most people choose forward because going backwards is pointless. You know, going forward and keep pushing yourself, and then you get to the top of the mountain and you're. You, you look up about you and you're like, that view looks better because you have a challenge, you've conquered that mountain and you feel better about yourself. And had you been, another one I say is like swimming. If you're swimming in open water and you're halfway through the lake and you look back and you're like, I'm knackered. Well, tough. You've got to go back and you're drowning. But if you're in a pool, oh, I'm knackered, I'm going to get out. Yeah. And I think okay. most guys live in the pool. Do you know, it's like, oh, this is tough. I'm just going to get out. And we've conditioned ourselves to like, if something's tough, I don't want to see it through. It's too hard. And it's made us it's made us weak. And then we're trying to be we're trying to be the influence to our children. And because we're weak and because we don't believe in ourselves, we're telling our kids what they should do. Instead we should be doing what our kids should do and let yeah. them see us doing it. Because kids copy, kids don't care about what you tell them. How many times your parents tell you as a kid, do this, tidy your room? <laughs> but 
if you started to, if you were the one tidying, tidying after them all the time, tidying up, and they watched you tidying, there's more chance they're going to copy you. Yeah. You know, like your um, Evelyn's at the stage where mopping the floor is fun because okay. mummy mops the floor, ironing the clothes. She's got to be ironing boards. She's copying mummy because mummy's ironing. It's not. It's not a chore to her. She's she's having fun because she wants to emulate her mother, and that's beautiful. And and, and that's as parents, that's a father's what's what I mean to do. But fathers aren't there enough. Because the pressure of society, the pressure to, to buy the things that all the kids need, apparently, means we're working overtime to buy the stuff we don't want. To, and it's not really about in our life. Instead, and that's getting us weak, that's making us weaker, that's making us so fatter because we're not exercising and we're feeling like we're feeling pressured. Instead, we should just like accept our kids don't need these things. What they need is you. They need us to be their to be their guide, to be their support network and to encourage them and to tell them they can do things and show them. And to fail like I do I'm at a handstands it's the bane of my life everyone I know I can coach more people to handstands than I can do but Sive and I love handstands together because we're both crap at them but it's great for me to be crap at them because I, it, it's a lesson for her I can okay. try to say it's okay to fail it's alright to be bad Sive is Sive's five now and she's unbelievable cartwheels she's actually better than me but two years ago she was doing this wee weird like thing and she was mm -hmm. like and she wouldn't do it properly I was like no 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 come on try it again and she was like quitting 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 and then I done a car and she was like <laughs> but that is, that, that, that's mad but that stupid thing car wheel I done it's a crap car wheel my legs were up in the air and it was all over the place but to her it was like and I remember it's brilliant how do you do that like practice and now she's doing them doing them and that one that one car wheel is what I use every time she tells me she can't do something I go save we couldn't do a carpet. Remember, we were doing carpet like Evelyn, and you told me you couldn't do it. Do a carpet for me now. How'd you do that? Uh, I practiced. Okay. So, do you remember you couldn't write? And now you can spell your name. How'd you do that? I practiced. So, why are you telling me you can't do that? All it takes is practice. Since you can't do it, she haven't practiced enough. It's not that anyone's better than you. That person has just done it more times than you. Do you know? And, and it's it, it's trying to instill that confidence. And we can't do that. We cannot instill our confidence in our children if we're not going to be the ones prepared to put ourselves out and fail all the time as well and let them see failure's good. You don't fail, you learn. Or you succeed. Or you get better. And that's the, that, for me, that's the key for it. Exactly. You know, that, that, when they, we're, we're just... We're, we put ourselves under too much pressure to 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 follow the norms, to, to, to give them what they want, but what they want is us. They don't want that. They, they, they think they want that because... The advertisements are telling them that there's a book, um, Lost Connections. Have you read it? Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. It's a really good book. But there was one bit that freaked me. It's like children of three, more children of three, know the McDonald's sign than they know their own surname. Yeah. Because of that conditioning. And I constantly see in the face. Always. Exactly. It's, it's the branding from it is crazy. Uh, McDonald's thing. Uh, my oldest, he was three. I mean, it, it was literally a mile away, and he was pointing. He's pointing at it. Do you know what I mean? And I mean. McDonald's saying a mile away is this size, you know. But they can spot it's it. Brown and stuff. It's uh, your kids on the YouTube, other. Yeah. YouTube. Those eggs, they get in the, 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 was it the magic eggs? Were they, um, they, don't know about the eggs. Start? That's where Sam started. It started with these adults opening okay. eggs, surprise eggs, no surprise eggs, like the kind of surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're big ones. And this woman's, and her voice, they would sit there for hours. I and know. then it went to Ryan's toy review. And then it was Trina Madison. And that's some blonde haired Billy Joe dancer girl. And I just hate them. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like can, because of these advertisements and because of, and because of TV on, Sive can tell me every single toy 
what it does mm-hmm. what it, and why she wants it. And I'm going, that power of social media, that power of it on TV, it's corrupting our kids' minds. So, but the, the, what the way it looks like, if that's what advertisement can do, they're just on psychology. They're just using psychology. So we have the power, because we're more influential than the TV if we want to be. We've got the power to steer their mind another way. Get them out into the fields. Get them out on the walks. Exactly. Get them on the beach, kicking balls. Playing. We've got um, Murgerlock Beach, the, the Rocky Beach down in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. We go looking for dragon's eggs. Because I found these two eggs look like eggs. And I was like, these are dragon's eggs. <laughs> they're, they're, they're hardened dragon's eggs. They turned to stone. Come on, find more. She's still got those two dragon eggs. And she goes, Daddy, where's the dragon eggs? And she always thinks, are they really dragon eggs? Going, yes. <laughs> and she gets so excited. But that's creating that, that's that's me using my ability, my 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 influence mm-hmm. to create their spark their imagination and get Creativity. them to open. And we can all do that. Every man, no matter how overweight, no matter how unconfident, no matter how much you don't believe in yourself, we can we have the power because our children don't see that. Our children see us as heroes. It's like I, the, the quote I use in, in the super ads is like, build a bit, lose a bit, get a bit, and become a superhero to your kids that they already believe you are. Because you can be that superhero because you already are that superhero to the kids. You just need to rip off the Clark Kent and actually allow Superman to come out. And it just, the way you get Superman out is to turn up to the gym every day, eat the food you're meant to eat, let them kids see what you're doing and become that hero, become that influence and understand that what you do there, that's imprinting in their mind as a young age and they're going to see you trying and they're going to see you doing and they're going to want to do it with you. So one of the things, uh, you've seen what's going on, you're on the business, uh, you're, you've, you're promoting yourself online so it's almost like another business, probably itself. I mean, how do you get that work-life balance, <coughs> work-dad balance? I don't. Okay. I don't. That's like, you know, all that. The, what I hear about social media is it gives you the ability to lie. It presents the perfect version of you, the person, the version that you want everyone to see. I try not to do that. I try to be completely honest because the reality is, if I'm projecting, if it's weird for me to say this, I feel uncomfortable saying it, but I'm in a position of influence in a way, because there are guys out there who will look at me. I owned, I was one of the first MMA fighters in Ireland. I, before it was big, and like we were doing it in back in a, in a garage with Davy Patterson, my mate, and we used to do a VHS, put a VHS and we sent away from America, or a magazine we bought from America, and we'd teach ourselves techniques. And then I was lucky enough to be in a position to teach, to uh, be on the coaching team of Ireland's first ever UFC fighter. And I was, I was able to open Ireland's first full-time MMA gym. And so I've had this alpha male, shall we say, environment. And I know a lot, I've got a lot of skills when it comes to coaching, fighting, and you know, teaching guys how to fight. And every guy wants to know, I don't mind maybe the best fighting word, but I can protect my family. I can knock someone. So I've got this influence. I've got this position of influence, and I think it's wrong to try the way everyone wants to present the perfect image of social media. We're not like that. Everyone's everyone's got feel like I'm. I'm very open about my suicide attempts. I'm very open about my depression. I'm very open about how life got on top of me on many occasions. The last one was October 2017. Only from a mate, Mark Brown, phoning me up at the right time. I was gone. I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just like everything had gotten top of me to the point and and trying to present that that you know confident but really I was I was broken because me and the me and the ex missus were really in a bad place. The money wasn't coming in. I was no way of preventing maybe it's a, a pressure put on myself, but I'm a believer, I'm old school. People call it sexist, I don't. 
I call it just traditional. I believe a man's job is to provide for his family and protect. In the caveman days, if a tiger broke into, if a saber-toothed tiger came in, it wasn't the women that got it, it was the, the women who took children out of the way and the men stood with spears. They were going to die, they were going to get injured, or they were going to kill a lion, but it was their job. And the dangerous stuff, they're going out and hunting the animals and dragging the stuff home, that was the man's job. And it's not sexist to say that, that's just how it was. And the women looked after the, looked after the children and the cared for them. And I'm a believer that that... What societies went wrong when the pressure to earn more money and the women have to go out and work. It's, it's, I'm not saying that women shouldn't work. I don't want that to come across like that. Women, if women mm-hmm. want to work, they work. But I think it's better for the children if a parent is there looking after the child. And I think mothers automatically, and they feel better when they're looking after the child gets hurt. They want to be the one to, to cut the, to wipe the knee and if a child's injured they never cry for their daddy it's mummy because mm-hmm. mummies are loving mummies have got that bond and if anyone's hurting the kid daddy do you understand so it was like I'm, I'm a believer in that sort of the, 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 the roles okay. and when I wasn't earning enough money I, I, I wasn't fulfilling my role and this, the pressure on me got to me because I did feel useless I did feel and me and the ex-miss would be have fights you'd be like you can't even revive your family just in anger I was like no way we broke up for a reason, but we had fights, and it's just we had fights, and that was it. I don't hold grudges against her, Lenny. She's the most amazing mother on the planet, and she's amazing. But we had fights just like ever, and but that cut me deep, and that mm. made me feel terrible, and that just pressure came top me. And then my, my background, the, the, the upbringing, I had a great upbringing, but you know, lack of confidence in myself all came to the surface. And I, I actually thought to myself, I can't hang myself here because if I do. The kids don't get the money. It was I was going to kill myself to give them to make sure they got the life insurance. I was like, I'm right. I'm not a good father. I can't look after my kids here at the moment. I'm pathetic. I'm a failure. So I was like, if I had to, if I go on the motorway, drive that car into the bridge, kill myself. It'll be quick. It'll be over fast. They'll get a lot, lot of money. She'll look after the kids. She'll that they'll buy the house. That money will go towards the kids. She, so it's a win-win. That's the depression it was in. That was the point where I was actually thinking that point. They're better off without me. I am a failure. And that's, uh, and that's why I'm open about it. That's why I'm talking about it. On, so because we're all like that. Every man on the planet has mm-hmm. that fear. Are we good enough? Are we doing a good enough job? Is, can I provide for my family? Can I protect my family? And those pressures. And then we're seeing people yeah. on social media not or, or, or portraying this image of like, hey, I'm ripped. Hey, I can fight. Hey, I'm, look at the money I'm making. You want to make seven-figure... Fi- and it's just like I'm useless to look at he's making they're renting Ferraris to hold out they say they make them just look like they're earning more they're not some are but most aren't it's all fake but it's all fake and I think that's where social media has gone wrong it's, it's, it's a poison it's a cancer in society so I try not to be like that I try to be just the, the most honest version of myself I can be and if I fuck up, fuck up and I say up. and if I'm wrong it, my, my ego's pretty bad I'm, I'm an egotistical now like, but yeah, I, mean, I mean I get it I, I'm the same it's really hard to admit that you're wrong but when you do admit, admit that you're wrong everybody gets it and you, need, you get more respect for, for admitting that you're wrong I think strength rely, I, I genuinely believe this that um, strength comes from being vulnerable yeah. do you know vulnerability there is a strength in vulnerability because this this image like I'm, I'm a man's man you know like but if me and you were in, in Fight Academy Ireland, if you annoyed me, a couple of times I was like, I'm going to in the cage. Yeah. I would beat the bollocks if you were. And I'd be proper. And I'd be like, you, you would get that anger and, you, and then it was done. 
Yeah. You know, you got that anger out and you, you, you came back, the testosterone levels dropped and the ego was dissolved. It was a definitive, I beat you, let's shake hands and just accept. Maybe you could have beat me the next time you fight, maybe you'll beat me. But right now, that's it sorted and it's on the carpet. We've got anger, we've got that pent-up aggression out of us and now we can move on. Uh, so, it's 2019 now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from everything you know now, what would you tell yourself pre-dad? That's a good question. Um, the person I was at 36. How old are you now? 42 in the next month, next month, month maybe. 2nd of July, 42 and 2nd, 2nd of July. It's taken me till I was 40 to have the confidence to be the person I am, to, be, to allow who I am to come out. I was bullied badly. Badly bullied. I hate bullying. Bruce Lee was my hero because in my head, Bruce Lee beat up 20 guys. And I used to always, as a six, seven, eight-year-old, I used to always envision me being Bruce Lee. And it, funny enough, people ask me, you know, when I'm about the bullying, would I change it? The answer's no. Because that journey I went through, that, that depression, the fear, the lack of confidence, that pushed me into the martial art. Without, my, without the bullies... So thank you, bullies. Without the bullies, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Because the bullies got me watching Bruce Lee and wanting to be into karate and judo and trying every martial art. And that martial art, interest in martial art, and I want to be able to fight and to protect myself, got me into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which got me to meet Davey Patterson, which got me into MMA, which got me stepping out of my comfort zone. Even when I was fighting, I was fighting, when I was fighting in MMA, when it was called cage fighting, you were out the headbutt, there was... I still see myself as a card. I still see myself as like anyone could beat me up. Even though I was doing things that all the bullies, I look like Brian, the bullies that bullied me would never the balls do this shit. It, was, it, takes a, it takes a certain person, either a really crazy person or a bullied person, to actually have the confidence, I think, to get into the cage and step up and fight in front of someone and put it all on the line. That's why I admire anyone who has the confidence to do this in any, any type of sport that where you're, you're, you're willing to just go, this is me and I'm either going to get beat or not. And without that, without that MMA background, I wouldn't have opened Freddie Academy Ireland, which meant I wouldn't have gotten into personal training, which meant I wouldn't have gotten into strength coaching, which means I wouldn't be here today. So the bullying, although it was a horrible time and it was it was terrible, it's brought me to here. As a dad, I don't know, it's like, you can't be right. You, you're, you're going to mess it up. It's like everything in life. Mm-hmm. Your dad journey starts from day one. And you look back and you think to yourself, what you done? Oh, jeez, I was hard and hard, wasn't it? Jeez, I've done that wrong. Oh, my God, I've done that. And then the second one, you apply what you learn a wee bit more and you're, you're a bit more chilled out with Aileen. I'm like, come here, you, and I'm just, I'm more patient with her right now. And like, with Saive, I sometimes still find myself being very hard. And I think it's because Saive is my double. My God, mm. look, I love her. It's like, you will not mistake Saive as my child. She's got the, even though I have long curly hair, believe it or not. Like, yeah. I, she's just everything about me and I can see my personality and I understand that to say genetics are past, you know, your emotions can be passed through genetics, I say. And I see, I see Saive's lack of confidence and I wonder if it's the first child syndrome, maybe it's every first child like that, I don't know. Did you, sorry, you said lack of confidence? Yeah. Okay. I can see Saive very shy, very, believe it or not, I'm introverted. I'm a very much, I'm very much an introvert. Like, this sounds weird but I hate people. I know I'm in the wrong shop mm. but, like, you cannot you cannot get me to go to a bar or I've got a certain small group of friends that's all I want see see like the girl I'm with 
was with maybe with don't know what because she wanted me to go to meet her friends on Sunday and I was like whoa that's it we're finished I, I was like that, that's my ultimate like I don't my idea of hell is having to sit in with a group of people who I don't know questioning me about what I'm doing but in this environment I'm very confident I'm very comfortable with it I think I've just I've exposed myself to the camera so much in my videos that it's now I become it's not only a new persona a different persona me almost like it's just like I put that not even a mask because it is me but I just have this this armour on me that I, I can do it but if you put me in an it's like oh god it's just practice you know it's constantly doing it over I don't like people questioning me about what mm. I do I don't like people I don't like being the centre of attention believe it or not I hate that I, I hate going to a new place and people ask me so what are you doing what are you doing oh right oh, can you do I'm like oh god, god. I mean I, I totally get that I mean I have, I'm all up for using Instagram stories and I'll tell people what I'm doing all day in terms of where I'm working but see when you put me in the situation where I have to talk to lots of people it's just it's completely different it's weird it's we all hold our own fears don't we? we've got and our, like I say this a lot and like our thoughts dictate our actions our actions dictate our reality so all we need to do is change our thoughts and be aware of it not even not even change our thoughts well you have to change your thoughts yes but it's a habit everything we do is habit so you think the way you think because you've constantly thought that way and whether it be negative or positive your irrational mind your irrational mind doesn't doesn't rationalise anything it just it just thinks it's like Sean Connolly he's a really good if you, if, if you need to have confidence you need to follow my friend Sean Connolly um, dancing minds he's just phenomenal but he put it, he simplified it in a brilliant way he's like your brain's two halves your think brain and your proof brain your think brain's job is to think and that's the only job it's got your proof brain only job is to prove what the think brains think is right so if you think something your proof brain just goes okay I've got to prove you right so I'm not good enough so your proof brain's going to work over time okay how can I prove that you're right that you're not good enough so all your actions will be dictated to by your proof brain so you've got to inquire you've got to go into the I call it inquiry it's a great book I read um, Loving What Is by Byron Katie it took me about five goals to actually get it I thought it was a crap book for the first four goals then the fifth time I was like oh it makes sense now you've got to be in the right place and you've got to be in the, the right frame of mind to understand it but when you get it you get it and she's like you've got to inquire so the thought you automatically think you've got to ask is that, well is that 100% true and if, when you say no it's not 100% true that automatically opens up other options so well if it's not 100% true then maybe it's possible and also all I need I just need something to be possible for the change you know Roger Bannister he done the four minute mile the first person, the first human ever on the format mile, right through back to the Greeks. The Greeks used to have people towed behind horses to try to get them to beat the format mile, and it was impossible. It just wasn't possible. And Roger Bannister thought it was possible, and as soon as he'd done it, in the space of four months, five other people done it. Because all, some, all humans have to say is, it's possible. Someone has done it, so we know it's possible, and therefore that can change your mindset. That can just, well, if it's possible, then maybe why is not me? And it's that sort of inquiry that I like to think. So it's them. If you think, if your mindset, if you allow your mind to just believe something is possible, just even 1%, 99%, it's going to, you're not going to get it. But there's 1%, well, then it's possible. And now you can focus your mind on that 1%. And if you focus on the 1% and just allowing it to become 2%, allowing it to become 3%, and just every time you think you can't do it, just go, someone else has done it before. So I can do it. It's just I haven't figured a way yet. I'm just gonna I'm gonna fail most times, but it's possible I can do it. And just because I didn't get it right this time doesn't mean it's not gonna be the next time. Doesn't mean it's not gonna be the next time. And over and over again, you continuously tell yourself 
and focusing that one percent, two percent, three percent, four percent until events fifty, fifty. Then it's like next thing you're you're more possible of doing it than impossible. And is that mind change? Is that mindset? That switch? That's what I. That's, that's the way I think. What's the next big thing for you? Do you know something? This is this is where I go wrong. This is my weakness, and I'm I, this is where I'm good. I'm good at normal weaknesses. I'm just very bad at addressing them. I am not technologically advanced, shall we say. See, when it comes to guys, all these people, the social media influencers and the business mentors, they're all going behind the scenes in the Facebook adverts, and you've got to have this in the click funnel here, and you. I'm just like. And then they go, just watch the video. And I watch the video, and the video is like a different interface than the one I've got. And they're clicking buttons, and my button isn't there, but they're doing it. And I'm going, what? And I spent eight hours doing this, so I end up doing nothing. So I just give so up. eight hours doing? Do it, trying, to, trying to copy what they're doing, okay. trying to, just trying to get one advert up. And I'm watching all these guys who are nowhere near as good a coach now, killing it with the members. Because they've got this, they've got the background the, the the background systems in place that just I understand how I understand how an advert on Facebook should work. You should have like a call to action. You know, you should get someone and inter- interrupt them so they're attracted, and then you take them off Facebook into the funnel, and the funnel should have this should be congruent with the message you give, and then you should ask them to click here and give it out, and then it should bring them to another place that is congruent with what you just said. And as soon as that that system is broke. You break their trust and then they click out. So I understand how it's happening. But can it work? Just I need someone to actually hold my hand, literally hold my hand and go, okay, I learn. This is how I learn. My dyslexia. It's people say that's an excuse. It's not. It's just it's just I know how my brain mind works. And I know a very fast way to make me learn something. It's like hold my hand doing it. Let me do it and you talk me through it. And as soon as I as soon as you've done talk me through it and I understand this should go, this person should go here, this person should go here. It's like putting a jigsaw together. I'm like, all oh, right. And then I've got it. It was like Chris Heath showed me how to do my videos. He just showed me how to and then I chopped my I was like, okay, now I'm gonna make my own style. And that's why I purposely do that chopping blocky thing. It's quick. It's quick, it's that but it's all so Chris told me something he said like if you look at every film it's like about nine seconds a frame is about nine seconds long maximum it's like there's almost something about the mind the way the mind works it has to be distracted every nine ten seconds so I try to make my clips no more than six seven seconds and that's what I do I just clip bump 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 it it, it stops it stops me doing this like and this podcast is like ah mm, ah takes all that out and just gets the message concise because we're so conditioned to like anything over a minute anything over two minutes Switch, switch, switch. So it gets you that the message at a twelve-minute video can be down to three minutes. Yeah, you know, exactly. so it's, it's yeah. that. That's what I do. What was the message? What question? <laughs> I got the question. Yeah, what's the next big thing for oh, you? Oh, So with me, it's I'm I'm very creative. As like I said, I'm like okay, oh butterfly. That's my mind. Yeah. I don't really have a plan. My goal is to help men in their forties become the men they know they want to become and show them a path to doing that. That's that's my mission. It's like a, a coin, you know, build a bit, get a bit, lose, or build a bit, lose a bit, get a bit. You know, build more muscle, lose more fat, get more sex. Every 40-year-old man, if they can do that, their life improves. And then you've got more time to be with the kids, have more confidence to be who you want to be with the kids and let them fun. So for me, it's just figure it a way of getting my message out there. It's not about, and everyone says this, it's, but for me, it's not about the money. That's saying... Would you do what if you woke up the next morning tomorrow morning and you weren't going to get paid for it? Would you do it? I can answer that one hundred percent yes because I've done it. Like that time, that suicide attempt in the December, 
I didn't eat for three days with no money. I had no money. Couldn't I, I had to give them the money to the ex to make sure the kids had the money. So I didn't eat for three days. My ego stopped me going to mum's. I could have probably got food, but that would have meant having to sit here, mum, I'm feeling. And then that would have had to listen to them telling me, why don't you get a job? And it's like, because that's not my, it's not, it, for me, it's, this is not a job, it's a vocation. It's like, I know I've got skills, I know I've got knowledge, and I've got the ability to help men change their lives. I know that. I'm doing it on a daily basis. The problem is the men themselves, are they willing to own that they have done and let go of the story they're holding on to that's going to prevent them. But we lie to ourselves over and over and over again. Every single time. It's a lie. And we're telling ourselves because we're embarrassed because deep down we know we're failing. We know we could do more, but we're not. And it's, it's so much harder to say, I am lying to myself. I'm lying by myself. Lying to myself. I'm lying to my children. I'm lying to my partner. I'm lying to everyone. But worst of all, I'm lying to myself. And I'm only creating a, a lie to myself as to why I can't do it. And I'm going to be dead one day. What do you do? 34. In 100 years, not one of us is going to be here. In 80 years, probably none of us are going to be here. Every, how quick does years go? Like, we're, we're, in the, like, we're nearly in the month 6th of 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, can you remember 2019, January, January just starting there? Yeah. I remember like that. Every year, New Year's resolutions, blah, blah, blah. Do you know? But yet, we're nearly six months into 2019, and there's, there's 20, 30, 100, 200,000 men sitting behind a desk right now telling themselves they're going to wait to 2020, and 2020 be the year. It's always the same. Groundhog Day. We never willing to write another chapter. And we all, I've actually done a video about our story because I was writing a book. It's like, it's crazy. Can you imagine how boring it would be if you just read chapter five of a book for every day of your life? Never discover what chapter six said. Because chapter five, you know what's happening in chapter five, so feel safe. That's our lives. We're continuously reading chapter five or chapter six. And then we'll just put the book away and then we'll go, oh, I'll start chapter one again. And I get to chapter five, and then I never want to see what happens chapter six. Madness. But we do that in our lives. And one day, we are going to wake up, and it's going to be the last time we ever see our sunrise. It's going to be the last time we kiss our mum and dad goodbye. It's going to be the last time we hug our kids. It's going to be the last time we say hello to our friends. It's going to be the, there's going to be a last, one day, there's going to be a last time we do anything. But we're not willing to meditate on that. We're never, it's always going to be someone else. It's always, dear John's got cancer. Dear John, oh, geez, dear, dear Peter died. It's never you. We, 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 we don't ever actually allow ourselves to think, why is that not me? For, for the grace of God, go I type of thing, even though I'm atheist. It's that, it's that sort of thing, you know, we always believe someone else. We're never prepared, and I do this every day. I meditate on death every single day. That's, that's something I do every day, because I know that I'm going to die. And here's the scary thing. If I die young, if you die... It could, it could happen we could hit a bus you know but if we if we, if we die of a, disease, a preventable disease shall we say or something that our life choices created some other man is going to raise your kids how would you like to, how would you like to feel that some other man's influence is going to be the reason why your child turned out the way it turned out and not you that scares the f*** out of me I genuinely I well up my eyes with fear of like can you imagine your child calling someone else dad because you weren't there because you didn't take the action because you decided no I'm going to sit down and watch the Champions League football final and drink my beers every night and do every other excuse I need to just avoid doing what's causing me fear and because of that your kids are deprived of you 
So that's that's my ultimate motivation. It's like no matter how much I don't want to do something, I've got to do a bit of training. I've got to eat a bit better. I eat chocolate too much. I've got to cut down that chocolate. I've got to I've got to just change that some vegetables. You know, all these things. Preventable cancers, heart disease, strokes, diabetes, heart attacks. These are preventable things. But we're denying that, the, that we could be possibly one of the victims. It's going to be someone else. And because we're telling ourselves that story again, it always falls back to your story. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be you. How do you know it's never going to be you? You don't. And if you're eating McDonald's every day and you're eating food and you're lying in your arse and you're drinking beer four times a week because, like, you know, stressful weekend, stressful week, and weekend starting Thursday instead of a Friday or Saturday, you're going to be dead one day. It's going to be a lot faster than it should be. And you're, you're denying yourself a chance to... You're denying, your, you're denying the world a chance to be something brilliant. You uh, Les Brown, do you ever listen to Les Brown? I don't know. Listen to Les Brown. He's an American motivational speaker, but he tells stories. But he tells this amazing story about a man lying on his bed and there's, he's surrounded by his family. And he said, in the background behind his family, there's the ghosts of everything he could have been, everything he didn't do. And they're, and he's, they're saying, look at him going like, because of you, we're not going to exist. And because of you, you could be the guy to solve cancer. You could be the guy to, to bring something that, that changes the world. But if you don't allow yourself to live, if you don't take the actions to keep yourself here as long as possible, you might not, you might not be around enough to be that person, to create that day, to write that book that sparks a revolution, that helps someone motivate their life. So, you know, we're denying ourselves, and then our children, we're denying our children the chance to have those experiences, those memories with us. And that's powerful for me. It's like, why are we doing that? Why are we allowing our fear? We say our children are the most important things for us. Bollocks. That's because if your children are the most important things, you would get up and do the things that are uncomfortable so you have got the most chance to imprint in their minds the, the, what they should be doing. Even if a bus hits you when you're in 10 years' time, if you've spent 10 years imprinting in their mind what you, they should be doing or you know your influence, then you're never going to die because you're going to live through them. Let's get up and die. If you want to follow Paul, go over and check out his Facebook page. He's posting up. He posts up a video every day. Uh, also, if you want to hit me, hit me up and subscribe. And if you could give BNL Productions a follow, uh, they produce the podcast. Thanks for watching, guys.